You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. We're the Satellite Sisters. We're glad to be here today, and we're glad you're here today with us. It feels like a good day for a check-in, and that's exactly what we're doing today, checking in with each other and checking in with you. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer and producer, and uh, yeah, what a week. Liz, Julie, yeah, how's it going, yeah. Liz? I'm, I'm here in my uh, second bedroom in Santa Monica, California, um, just with my dog at my feet, and I'm okay, Leanne. I'm okay. How are you, Julie? That's good. I'm all right. I'm here in Dallas, Texas, uh, once again, coming from my closet, as I always am. Uh, you know, I like the routine of just um, being back and talking with you sisters today and having a conversation. I find that very comforting. So hopefully we can have a good conversation today. Yeah, we are going to talk about what's happening in the world. We're going to, you know, talk about it from our point of view as Satellite Sisters. So thanks for being here for that. Um, and then we're going to transition to some of the other things happening. Apparently, there was a space launch this weekend, and, and Liz and Julie are riveted. They were, they're going to report on that. Yeah. Um, Julie, you wrapped up kindergarten with the big ceremony. So that's exciting. Yes. <laughs> yes. Field day was really good. Uh, that's, and I'll tell you a little bit about that. Mm hmm. Liz dusted off some of her safe for work expertise uh, last week, and it was very popular and much appreciated. So, Liz, you're back at it. You're working it out today. You have a couple of letters about working it out, but but this week they're mainly things that I think you two can answer because oh. I'm, I'm not really qualified for a couple of the questions we have today. But we're doing it. We're working it out, Leanne. That's right. All right. We have some Tuesday trends. We have some things we think aren't going away after uh, after this is all over. Uh, Julie wants to know what's the dumbest thing you bought online so far. We have Cooking with Liz. We have Entertaining Sisters. And then uh, I have some letters that I uncovered in um, <laughs> all the various messaging systems I've been apparently <laughs> ignoring for years. So we're going to we're going to talk about we're going to be talking about that. But we're going to start, you know, with what's happening in the world today. And as Julie said before, we're here, we're doing the show. We feel like that's important. Right. Right. You know, I feel sisters like this was really the the roughest weekend I can ever remember in my adult life after a really terrible, terrible week. You know, you look at the, for me, the accumulation of three just huge things. First of all, the ongoing global health crisis caused by COVID-19. And it was only the beginning of last week that we marked the 100,000 death milestone in the United States. And then number two, the economic devastation that came as a result of the pandemic and the the people that, you know, are unemployed or their businesses are failing. And then three, followed by the, the murder of George Floyd and the demonstrations and the rage that resulted. And that third, you know, when you think about the racial injustice of that and that that also cuts even more deeply against Black Americans, the first two things, you know, the price they've paid for COVID-19 and the massive unemployment. So it's just, you know, I, I, I'm usually a pretty hopeful person, but it's just left me feeling very heartbroken. And because I feel like 
in some crises we come together, uh, but in this one we are breaking apart. Right, I, I Liz, I know that sense of misery uh, and the sense that the misery is compounded for African Americans is um, really bewildering. You know, I there's no way you can put any of this in context, but it. But it does the trauma that we're experiencing. I'm the oldest sister, uh, and I was a young girl uh, in the summer of 1968. But it does remind me of the year of 1968, where there was such a continuous series of shocking, disturbing, heartbreaking events. One, one building off of the other. You know, when you think about the war protests that were going on. That was the year that Martin Luther King was shot and killed. Um, uh, Robert F. Kennedy was shot and killed. Uh, we had the Democratic Convention riots. But around the world, it was when the Tet Offensive was in Vietnam. That same year, 1968, was the year that the Russian tanks rolled into Czechoslovakia and crushed whatever democratic uh, movement was going on there. And even the, the uh, 68 Olympics were um, obviously, you know, we remember those because of the protests of um, Smith and Carlos at the awards ceremony. And mm-hmm. now we're in this hyperspeed. Don't you feel like that it's impossible for us to, to process this collective and individual trauma of the pandemic and the racial injustice? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Is that the is that just the nonstop media presence, you think, and the social media and just bing, bing, bing? It feels like we have to have opinions and and, you know, speak, speak up right away. Julie, is that what you mean by I the hyper I think it's part of it, but I think it's also the the events seem to be coming one right after another. Yeah. Okay. Yes, there is this sense that everybody has to have a position on everything and uh, and that you need to broadcast your position and you're, you know, and. You know, you're always right and the other person's always wrong, which uh, I I don't feel that way, but I, I sense that's the sort of communication environment we're in. Okay. Yeah, but these are also, these are super real things that really Absolutely. have a huge impact on people's lives. So it's not just the hyperspeed of the communications about it. It's the it's the reality of, of what it means, is, you know, personal economic health setbacks for so many individuals, you know, right. all over the world and things that happen it just with the, I don't know even how to say it, like the injustice of the way it gets applied across the board is, is a heartbreaker. What's heartbreaking to me, I wasn't here during the Los Angeles riots. I moved here a year later. Um, but when neighborhoods are burned down like that, that takes decades to repair. It becomes this giant metaphor. I mean, it really takes a long time. So that is hard to watch. Uh, as hard, it's hard to watch that as hard as it was to watch the videotape of George Floyd's murder. Yeah. That was a stunning, shocking event. And mm-hmm. people's reactions, I think, are in line with that. But that, you know, in terms of the peaceful protests, but that was a stunner. I feel like for me, I'm just going to do more listening and less talking. You know, when trying to figure out how to process this, I was inspired by Mrs. Obama's statement last week via Twitter. And she said, it's up to all of us, black, white, everyone, no matter how well-meaning we think we might be to do the honest, uncomfortable work of rooting it out. It starts with self-examination and listening to those whose lives are different than our own. And I 
that's uh, that really spoke to me. I was trying to figure out how to process it and where your voice might fit in or where if you should just shut up. And somewhere between shutting up and speaking up is (laughs) is listening, I think, and trying to understand. And -hmm. then another friend of mine who I know through an organization here, she's uh, she's African-American. She's very she's a journalist. She's uh, she writes for The Sentinel, which is the all black paper here in Los Angeles. And. Uh, she's very connected to the black community in L.A. And she just she sent a letter out. So she said to I want to challenge all of my white sisters to think about when was the last time you actually had a real conversation with a black person to even ask, what does all of this mean? To try and walk in their shoes, to understand before trying to be understood. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've listened to a lot of those conversations on other people's podcasts or news right. events. I've read about those conversations and I've thought about them deeply in my mind, you know, particularly since the death of Trayvon Martin, that really hit me really hard. That was an eye opening event for me because my son Brooks is the same age as Trayvon. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, uh, uh, but you know, have I had those uncomfortable conversations? Have I done enough rooting out? Probably not. Probably not. So, uh, you know, I always yeah, feel I think like that's I, an important examination, Lee. And I, you know, I feel the same way that, you know, no matter what you've done in the past, it seems like if any good can come out of this, it is that, you know, that it, this is the event that sort of changes directions, changes communications that you think about, you know, the privilege that you have, um, and really try to walk in other people's shoes. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. 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 I mean, no matter what you've done in the past, it was clearly not enough. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That- even the walking in their shoes, like after, uh, you know, after uh, Trayvon Martin, uh, his mother is such an inspiration to be Sabrina Fulton. I was like, we don't even walk in the same shoes. It's not enough to try to imagine walking in her shoes. Yeah. I don't right. have that fear. Okay. I you know, I, I think like my son, Colin was a walker. He's a late night walker. Like that's how he works out things. He puts on his hoodie, puts his music, his earbuds in and walks around. And he did that in high school. And I thought, I- I'm afraid he's going to get hit by a car when he leaves the house, but I'm not afraid he's going to be hunted shot. down and killed, yeah. <laughs> shot, right. you know? Uh, so, uh, so that, you know, walking in other people's shoes, but also understanding they, they have different shoes. Their shoes fit yeah. a lot differently yeah. than mine too. They fit a lot differently. So, um, so I guess that's what we're thinking about. And we're, we're thinking about the satellite sisterhood. We know a lot of you live in cities that have been really affected, uh, by what's happening. We have a big listenership in Minneapolis and St. Paul. We know that. And Portland and New York City and Atlanta and Los Angeles here. Uh, but we're thinking oh. of all of you, thinking of all of you and uh, going to do a little more listening and a little less talking here at Satellite Sisters. That's the right idea, Liam.
Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. <laughs> the book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting <laughs> rave reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair <laughs> because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when I, my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you, you're the boss. I'll take it. <laughs> you tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leon's. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Pros isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos, too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. We're back. We're the Satellite Sisters. Uh, there was other stuff happening this over the last couple of weeks. Uh, something that really struck you, Liz. I didn't even watch the space liftoff. I was busy. Oh, come on. Leon, I thought you were the one that lived like a mile from JPL and we're on top of all things space. Julian we haven't had a liftoff in like years, Leon. You know, it was historic. Okay. You know, my husband was hell bent on getting the, the yard in the best shape it's ever been in. So okay. we were we were okay. mulching. I mean, we okay. were committed to the mulch experience this weekend. Okay. So okay. well. I think I'm going to give you a detail, Liam, that is very unexpected because it was unexpected for me. So I think liftoffs are <laughs> very dramatic. And so this was a liftoff from Cape Canaveral of SpaceX's Crew Dragon. So it's a private rocket now going to the International Space Station. And I just love the whole process of these. I love the NASA experts explaining what's going on. I love watching them suit up their suits. Didn't you think, Julie? Like Very stylish. Very... They have really improved the spacesuit. Yes. Okay? I mean, they had cool helmets. Yes. Uh, the suit itself looked out. Uh, it really had some very dramatic lines. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh -huh. yes. Uh, yeah. Very I, high I... fashion. I think the Tesla designers must have done the suits. That's I, my guess. Perhaps. So, they, yeah. they look good. So they suit up and then, of course, they get in the Tesla to drive to the pad because it's all Elon Musk. But then, you know, there's always that moment where they say goodbye to their families. Mm -hmm. And OK, so it's Bob and Doug. Bob and Doug are the two astronauts. And you're like, OK, what is this? Like the 50s? Bob and Doug go to space. <laughs> but here's the nice new twist. 
as Bob and Doug stop to say goodbye to their wives and they each have a young son, both of their wives are astronauts. Did you know that? There's there's a nice new plot twist. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I did not know that either, Leanne. So Hurley's wife is Karen Nyberg. She's flown to space twice for a total of 180 days in both the U.S. shuttle and in the Russian Soyuz. So, okay, uh, good for you, Karen Nyberg. And uh, Benkin's wife, Megan MacArthur, she flew on the final mission servicing the Hubble Space Telescope in 2009. So, like, so there are four astronauts in the in this couple. <laughs> I just think that's, I think that's probably do a lot of double dating. Yeah, oh. I can see that. I did start to speculate, would you ever want to go to space with your husband? That's not, We don't have time to talk about that today, but I think it would be a very interesting thing to talk about. But okay, anyway, who gets to drive the spaceship? That's what I want to and then the last thing that always amazes me is that right before liftoff, when they're in the final countdown, they're so calm. Like you can see them. They're mm-hmm. just not moving at all they're just and i remember in that apollo 11 documentary where they could they were showing us like the heart rate of the astronauts i mean their their hearts are beating at like 32 beats per minute or something (laughs) i know it's crazy low and you could see this in the liftoff on uh uh this weekend it was sunday right so anyway I enjoyed it and i think one of the things that makes me feel great about liftoffs and all of this is that Everyone has to work together and be perfect. You know, you can't, this is not going to work if people are not pulling in the same direction, direction. And I think I felt that, especially this weekend, that was just a beautiful thing to see. It was a moment and it was a moment, Liz. I, I agree. It brought tears to my eyes to see that lift off to new, to know that they, they lifted off safely, you know, ever, yeah. you know, ever since the disasters, you always were, there's so right. much tension at these liftoffs, but it was beautiful. And in, for that moment, after all the pandemic, after mm. all the terrible things that had happened this week, to just think about things bigger than ourselves, to think about space, uh, that was really amazing to me. Mm-hmm. I was also just shocked to find out like when they, uh, when they docked with the International Space Station, I was it was like less than 24 hours. I was like, wow, that's a pretty short trip. I, I don't know why I thought it would take them like days to get there. Okay, maybe I haven't been paying enough t- attention to the International Space Center, but I was like, wow, I've been on longer plane trips than that. I mean, maybe this isn't so bad to go to the space station, right? Uh, yeah. Anyway, it was it just it was just. Very dramatic. And I, yeah, I get choked up too. And we had one of our satellite sisters was there. I forget. Okay. I put her name in our notes. Like there, we had people uh, there at Cape Canaveral and uh, like who were posting in the satellite sisters Facebook group about being present. They had gone for the Wednesday mission and then there was the scrub and they went back on Sunday. So was, uh, Nicole, Nicole, yeah. Yeah, Nicole Facebook. was out there. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. And that, you know, Liz, you and I had said that this is this is definitely that would be a great um, thrill to actually see a liftoff. You know, I'd in, love in to, terms yes. of, 
mm-hmm. in terms of that. So, okay. Well, oh, I'm God sorry I missed to it. Them. Yeah, yeah. You can watch the re- reruns, Liam, but it's not going to be the same. <laughs> it's, it won't be. I did tape the original one on Wednesday. Like I, I, I was tuning in on Wednesday. I just missed the reschedule. I missed okay. the rescheduling. Okay. All right. You got to stick with. It's it, called the but... scrub, Liam. It's called the scrub. You okay. To use the NASA <laughs> language. You know, in order for everything to be nominal. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, sisters, I've been on a journey of my own. You know, th- I, this past we- Friday was the last day of kindergarten uh, for me. Uh, as <laughs> as listeners know, that since the pandemic, I have stepped in like many, many people, like many grandparents to help uh, with the e-learning. My uh, son and daughter-in-law have three children uh, and two, jo- they have two jobs. And so to help out, I had the kindergartner, Peter, at my house every day, five days a week. We would work with uh, on e-learning that they had they had put up a lot of um, resources on uh, on their school uh, uh, Padlet on their site that we used. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, as I reported, it was it was rough. I I said it was chaos. I said this was insanity. This is impossible. How are we going to do this? But, you know, little Peter and I, we found our way. Uh, We, you know, we found our rhythm about working together and working through all the various tiles. You know, we. We read out, we read a lot. We, uh, he read to me, I read to him. We listened to a lot of books being read. Uh, we counted and classified birds in the backyard. Uh, we planted a garden. We've grown one radish, one single radish. (laughs) We made a rock collection. You know, we've done some art. We totally skipped PE and Spanish. We did none of that, but one of the other things that he has as part of his uh, the online, the e-learning, they would have this tile called Journeys. And this is when I imagine um, the nurse, uh, the kindergarten teacher would draw all the children to the rug. You know how there's always in kindergarten, there's a little rug on the floor and the kids all sit on the rug. And this is when they would talk about their feelings. You know, sometimes she reads some books and the Journey tile. Other times she asked them how they were feeling about being home. Uh, and we were supposed to discuss that, you know, uh, towards the end, the, uh, in May, you know, she asked us, we had to talk about how Peter felt at the beginning of the kindergarten versus the end of kindergarten. <laughs> and the first thing he said was, I miss my friends. Aww. And then, but the final journey's tile that we opened up was um, Mrs. Ray, the kindergarten teacher. And she just said, I love you. She said that to to the children. She said that a lot to the children in the last several months. And I started to cry. And Peter's like, Nana, why are you crying? And I said, it's because I love Mrs. Ray, too. You know? <laughs> I love you, you know? And I just think about how hard they worked, how hard all these children all over the world, all these teachers that have put all this effort into you know, trying to cope with this incredible situation we're in. And um, it just really touched my heart. Uh, You know, it was an experience that is, you know, was wonderful for Peter and I that we've had this time together. And uh, so uh, I just wanted to share um, as part of your journey. journey. (laughs) So I'm sitting here on the rug. (laughs) (laughs) 
You, That's a lovely story. Those yeah. teachers have worked hard. They, yeah, they have. And they miss their kids. I think they do miss their I, kids. I think that's yeah. what has struck me. My friends who are teachers have reported how much they really miss their kids. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They did. So, um, so that's hats off to them. And, um, you know, we'll just continue on. That's what we're going to do. Well, that brings us right to our uh, work advice segment, Julie, that's now called Working It Out, right? We, where, you know, we know there are so many satellite sisters and misters out there having trouble juggling all of these new responsibilities with doing their actual jobs. And uh, so we got people can post their questions or letters or observations about this in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. And we got a couple of letters that I just wanted to mention and really throw to you guys, because even though I'm the professional career advice giver, I think these are issues mainly you've experienced more than I have. So um, remember last week I read Tara's letter and Tara said, working a full-time job while managing my son's schooling, um, all the while knowing that there's a massive layoff coming and trying to stay on top of everything with calm and grace and efficiency. It's just not happening. I'm a mess. And I think that sort of sums up what a lot of the sisters and misters are feeling. So Deb's letter this week said, at the moment, my biggest challenge relates to being a working mom, specifically the many, many interruptions caused with having my first grader home all day. I know I'm not my most productive being interrupted for snacks, getting a tangle out of her hair, or helping her with her schoolwork, but we're all doing our best and the most we can and that's the most we can expect of ourselves. So I was wondering if either of you, you know, Urban Nana or Leanne, what would you what would you say to Deb about how to how to manage that juggle? You know, Liz, I was thinking about this. First of all, you know, what any working parent wants is safe, reliable, high quality, available, affordable childcare. That's what they want. That that's what that's what they need. And COVID-19 has upended all of that in a fundamental way uh and we don't know when it's ever coming back. So Right now, what I would say is you can only make short-term plans. Uh, you can't make a long-term plan because you, you don't know, you don't know if the schools are going to open. You don't know what, you know, you don't know what's out there. So you have to give yourself a break and focus on some short-term, you know, time period and say, okay, here's what we're going to do for this month or for this week or for, you know, uh, these three weeks and try to tackle the problem of, not having availability, for, you know, school, maybe camps aren't open, summer programs, all of that stuff is up in the air. Uh, and But I understand that these kids just can't watch videos all mm -hmm. from now right. until mm -hmm. for the next six months. No matter how educational they are, that's not going to work, okay? Right. It isn't. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. You, you know, you have to really think, you know, creatively, maybe expanding the, uh, the pool of people that you deal with. Maybe there's another working family. You could trade off times, work irregular family schedules or or see this, you know, see if you can get a family member to come and help you short term. You know, don't think long term. Just try to make a plan for the short term. That's mm -hmm. right. I would agree. I mean, I think one of the things people really underestimate, particularly if you don't have kids, so this is if you're a manager or a boss listening to this or a coworker, is children take up a lot of time. Right. They very, they they very just... rare. 
they very rarely are self-motivated and self-contained. Like <laughs> even the best child is going to chew up some time during the day. So this idea that you can all be coexisting and as Deb said, just got to get snacks and untangle the hair. Yeah, that's all day, every day. So I worked at home with young kids for a long time. Deb, wake up early, try to get a lot of work done before the house is, it, it gets noisy. You know, that was always my strategy. I got up, worked from five to seven. You know, I worked in chunks of time where you plan breaks, you planned interaction, and then you tried to get a chunk done. You have to really be super duper efficient. And I know that might not work for you if you have scheduled meetings, but you do kind of have to figure it out. And then work at night when they go to bed. I know that's exhausting. It's and terrible. I hate yeah. I, mean, I was exhausted for a decade. So yeah. I don't, yeah. <laughs> yes, Does you it, were, Liam. Exhausted. <laughs> exhausted. And thank, the best thing about doing Satellite Sisters was we had terrible hours for me. Because Julie <laughs> lived in Bangkok. So I had like recording from 4 to 6 a.m. You had terrible hours too, Julie. I'm acknowledging <laughs> that. But, no. you know, we had, like we got up at 4 a.m. on Saturday morning. That's not that's not a good work schedule, but we did it. So, but ironically, I basically worked when everyone was asleep. So, but you got to work in chunks of time. And uh, Julie, you're right. Find like maybe one 12 year old that can, one safe 12 year old that doesn't have a lot of friends that can come in and like watch the kids for a couple of hours during the summer. Cause I don't know how else you do it because the other thing is your job's on the line. Yeah. Like, right. 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 That's one of the things I wanted to address is this is where I feel like bosses of the world, you have just got to encourage the people that work for you to be honest about what they're up against. And you have to respect that. As as Deb's letter says, they're all doing their best, but you cannot expect the same level of productivity from your employees as you got when they were in the office, like free of any childcare or elder care. You have to completely reorganize what the expectations are. And you have to you have to really listen to what people are telling you because people are going to try to do a good job. People want to hang on to their jobs. I mean, that's a really desperate thing. As Tara said, you know, you feel like layoffs are looming. So, you know, leadership in these departments need to really be open to hearing what people are really up against and helping them solve those problems with how the how the work is allocated because we just can't pretend that it's all the same, right. that, oh, you just happen to be working from home. That's not true. Right. So, okay. So, Deb, keep in touch. Good luck with that. There are many, many Satellite Sisters and Misters going through that. Now, the other one, Beth wrote, and this reminded me also of things that I've heard both of you talk about. Beth starts her note just saying, too many people in my house. <laughs> 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 she says, I got husband in the office working, oldest in his room, finishing up schoolwork and working on summer internships, contractorships, uh, middle son, high school senior with nothing to do because the grades were frozen in March. And so whatever, he already has a B plus. So he checked out and the youngest freshman in high school, there's that. Then there's me trying to keep the dog from barking and irritating everyone while maintaining my sanity because my quiet time while everyone is at school or work is is just gone. And then this is in caps. They are eating all the time. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, and then the game time and the boys fighting with each other. And then her husband saying he may never go back to the office. This is not good news to Beth. She's like, I may lose it if that happens, because then I will never have my quiet time back. I love my family, but I need my space. So, 
uh, Julie or Leanne, any suggestions okay. for Beth? Well, first of all, Beth, the food thing is real. People yeah. don't understand unless you have teenagers, teen- in particular, teenage boys. And now with everyone home, I mean, that is like a full-time job, just providing the fuel for that. You know, that the, they're in the refrigerator eating all day long. It's, it's an, a whole extra meal usually. Like, right, Leanne? It's like oh, gosh, four, yeah. Four yeah. meals a day. So. Yeah. I totally understand that. Uh, I, I too, have, was you know, trying to teach kindergarten while my husband was trying to run his business. Uh, you, know, we, you have to create designated work areas and time. And that, what, Beth, what you need is as, as important as anyone else in that ha- household. So stake out your area, Beth. That's what I say. Claim it and claim your time and tell them to work around that. And maybe give them a ham sandwich as you're saying this. <laughs> That's here, my advice. Here, my, my food advice is very simple. It's passed on from Julie to me and now from me to you, uh, Beth. Um, you, uh, you need to get a panini maker, okay? <laughs> That's the key to feeding teenage boys. Hot, hot sandwiches. Hot sandwiches, okay? A ham and cheese is good. A hot ham and cheese panini is much better. And they can make their own paninis nonstop. At one point in high school, my boys were eating three to four paninis a day. (laughs) Breakfast, lunch, dinner. I mean, so much cheese, so much bread, so much butter. But the calorie necessity is real. So there's that. Uh, I am going to confess that when my son Brooks was on his gap year, so I had a high schooler, I had Brooks. I was working at home trying to write a book. I got the least amount of work done I have ever done. Uh, instead, I watched all eight seasons of um, Community, you know, and Parks and Recreation <laughs> and The Office. Like, we just did a deep dive into um, into Netflix, which was new to us, and it was exciting. So, yes, they can drag you down, but you've got to stay strong. Jill is right. You've got to carve out your time. I'm going to say it again. Work when the house is quiet. You know, get up early force them outside. Like, remember, we used to have rest hour as kids at camp. You need to force those teenage boys to go outside for two to three hours a day. Just leave the house. I don't care where you go. Just leave the house and, and, and work in chunks, work in chunks. And it's mm-hmm. you, sometime, at some point you got to let the feeding go. That's mm-hmm. their, that they can feed themselves. And now's <laughs> the time for them to learn. Panini maker. Panini maker. <laughs> okay. Okay, Beth, stay you strong. You don't get work advice like this anywhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try getting this from like an executive coach. That's not happening, Beth. <laughs> This is not happening. So there we go. That's working it out for this week. Uh, there's always a thread in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group if there are issues you, you want us to help you with. You know, this is what you get from us. Hope you like it. <laughs> Okay, I a uh, couple of things I want to let you know. First of all, um, this week I was last week I was trying to organize sort of my schedule for the week. I'm doing a lot of book clubs. Some of them are organized by me. I'm going to tell you more about that later. Some of them are other people's book clubs. For instance, I'm doing Julie's book club tonight. So, at some point, right when my book came out, there is a woman in Texas who emailed me or messaged me or texted me or Instagrammed me or DM'd me on Twitter. And she asked me to be, you know, come to her book club on August 4th. Okay. And then she gave me a list of her book club members because she was buying the book for them and wanted to get signed book plates. So it was 14 copies of the book. And I said, sure, I can do that. 
I cannot find your message, your email, your DM, <laughs> your tweet. I cannot find it. If you are the woman in Texas who booked me for a book club on August 4th, I have the date. I have the time. I don't have your name or any of your contact information. I can't stand all these different ways to get at me. I, I just, for years, I have been just an email person, just funneling people to email. But now they're coming at me and they're coming at me at, at, at Leon Dolan, at Sat Sisters. Like I got private pages and public pages and personal pages and work pages. And so seriously, if you're that Texas book club, uh, go to my website. There's a contact thing at my website, leandolan.com. Email comes to me. I would, I'm desperately looking for you. So desperate that last Friday I spent three hours going through everything, trying to find where that message came in because I wanted to send those book plates out. So long story short, I found a lot of old messages, girls, that we have been ignoring. <laughs> oh, ignoring that's gross. Do tell anything we need to know. So first Did of all. Did we miss any big events? This is just, this is tragic because I, I clipped this great email out and I failed to write the woman's name down. So maybe Liz or Julie, you can look that up. That email I sent to you from the yeah. listener who lives in the suburb of Halifax in Nova Scotia talking about how much she loves the show. She wanted to thank us for friendship and wisdom. She's been listening since 2016 and she's now on her second round of listening to the entire Apple podcast catalog in chronological order. She said, my six-year-old daughter knows you all by name and sings many of your theme songs played throughout the years. We listen while driving to and from tutor and dance class after school and every day before our current isolation. Oh my gosh, this was the nicest email. She said that she's a Satellite Sisters Next Gen and she lives in a different country, yet everything you discuss is so relatable, intelligent, and thoughtful that I am fully engrossed in what you say about life, love, career, and family. I listen to old podcasts, revisiting world events from your perspective. I feel better, better to tackle the world with your voices in my head. It was such a nice email sent. I don't sent, you know, like seven months ago. Uh, and now I forgot. We're to so clip. responsive. That's I know. Now I forgot to clip her name out. Oh, my okay, gosh. Yeah. Her name is not in the email that you sent us. But so I'm looking back through the Facebook Messenger while you're chatting. Carry okay. on. Maybe I, think, I can find it. I don't I know. I think if I it can. came into the Satellite Sisters page, okay. Facebook Messenger. Okay. That's what I think. So thank you. That was a lovely email. Whoever I'd like to I'd like to apologize to the pediatric oncology conference that asked me to speak at their event in 2017. I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> see the message. I felt really, really bad about that one. But I felt really good about that letter. And then I got a DM last week from our friend Elizabeth. She wants us to shout out to Mrs. Flynn. All right, Mrs. Flynn. All right. In, in Fairfield, Connecticut, we hear that you fell last weekend where you were putting a tray of begonias in the garage to protect them from the cold snap and you broke more than a couple of bones. Mrs. Oh, Finn, dear. we know you're laid up because you broke your back, which is unbelievable. Oh, but no. we know that you do these acts of kindness that you've perpetrated on us a beautiful act of kindness of visiting our mom's grave and replacing flowers every single year. You don't even oh, know. Oh, my mom. God. That Mrs. Flynn. Yes. Oh, wow. Mrs. Flynn. Yes. Yes. So that Mrs. Flynn. So Mrs. Flynn, we want you to know we are thinking of you. We hope you get better. You're in our thoughts and our prayers. We hope for a speedy recovery. And thank you for all you've done for our family. 
All right. That is, uh, that is it from the archives of the messenger. <laughs> Good work, sister. This is the worst mailbag ever. Outdated mail <laughs> we failed to respond to. Yeah. Okay. We're going to get on this in the future. <laughs> I think again, you know, remember when people just used to email and it was nice. And I, we just like, once I, I didn't even know that Instagram had messaging until like an hour ago, basically. I was like, what are all these messages here? So anyway, thank you for people contacting us. Really the best way to reach me for a book club is at my website. That way I can keep it organized. And if you are the listener slash reader in Texas, Please email me the details. <laughs> Send me those names. That's going to be a big reveal when we find that. It's <laughs> exciting, Liam. Oh, I like the drama. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, we're going to take a break here. And when we return, we have some Tuesday trends and Satellite Sisters and Cooking with Liz. Stay with us. You know we love talking about framebridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you did. like to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah. Any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already framebridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the framebridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? 
Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds you like- you're going to be happy, okay? <laughs> and that's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. All right, we're back. We're the Satellite Sisters. Um, you know, I've been thinking, I'm actually working on a column for Pasadena Magazine about what's happening now, and it'll be in the August issue, and, you know, it's supposed to be about our town response to everything that's been happening. So I was sort of looking at things that I don't think will go away, you know, that we've we've adapted, behaviors we've adapted over the last couple of months that I think have served us really well. So here's my short list. Julie, I know you've got some Tuesday trends, oh, but okay. I think it goes with that. So uh, write these down. I think face masks are here to stay. If you're pro face mask, I, I think you're going to work some face masks into your repertoire over the years. They're mm-hmm. making good face masks now. And uh, I, th- I think face masks are here to stay. It's your personal choice. But my personal choice is like, I may wear them for a long time. <laughs> face masks. Yeah. Here to stay. I mean, I, I do feel like you need a wide variety of face masks. Yes. You, know, you got it. You should invest. It's a wise investment. Yeah. Don't think like you're like you're not going to be wearing a face mask in another couple of weeks. We're going right. to be wearing them for a while. Right. Yeah, and I've worked in parts of the world. Julie, you've lived in parts of the world. Uh-huh. Where wearing a face mask when you are sick is just etiquette. That's just yep. what you're supposed to do. That makes total sense to me now. I right. mm-hmm. I'd also like to speak out for gloves. I think gloves are great. So <laughs> I, I'll be wearing more gloves. I have some fancy gloves and then I have some plastic kitchen gloves. Uh, and those are, those all work for me. So I'll be wearing, I'll be using more gloves in the future. I think right, that's a bridge too far for me, Leah. Okay. I don't know. But good for you. Good for you. All right. Here, another thing I don't think is going away. Those graduation yard signs. Okay, so they're everywhere for the class of 2020. I'm sure you have them in your neighborhood. High schools, middle schools, elementary schools, college kids. Those are here to stay because those are fun. I like it. Like Those so, are great. Yeah. So this year, it's particularly for 2020 to give a shout out for them. And that's great. But I predict you're going to see them in 2021. They're back. They're here to stay. Uh, if one if thing- the school's open. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring you down. Okay, yeah, come carry on. on. Okay, come on. sorry. They're okay. here to stay. Regardless, okay, they're here, regardless, to, stay. They're here yeah. to stay. Here's another thing I hope is here to stay in Los Angeles. We've had some loosening of the rules and the curbside cocktail. I mean, this is a this is something that New Orleans has always done. Cocktails to go. Right. But here in LA, when you order food, and now you can just order from a bar. We got some sangria to go the other night. It was delightful. So I like the curbside cocktails. You can take That's it home. Good. I know Refreshing. they have like mar- margarita boxes here. So they sell you all the ingredients to make your own margarita. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that's it. a good idea. Okay. I've got right. just the, the bottle of pre-mixed Paloma. I didn't even know Paloma was a thing. Paloma is a delicious drink as an alternative to a margarita. So yeah, Paloma to go. Though I have to say at the beginning of the pandemic, I thought it was an excellent idea. Now I'm kind of regretting. <laughs> that's, I think, yeah, now I have to pay attention. Okay, okay. <laughs> Well, here are some more trends. Now, you know that we have been, that we are in some altered state when I read in the Wall Street Journals that Croc shoes are making a comeback, okay? Oh. That, okay, no, it's true. They're the new cool. People are stuck at home. 
And they were rethinking, you know, the, the crocs were hot and then everybody rejected them. But now they're back. People are like, hmm, I kind of like those crocs. I think I'll get a new pair. People are purchasing them because they're ironic. Okay. I don't know. That appeals to you during this time. Or some people just think they're kind of weird, but kind of nice. And so they're buying them and they're putting them on. It's a real turnaround story for Crocs. How about that? Mm. I'm no going to try to resist. Yeah. Falling <laughs> into that trap. Well, you might want to get some Liz because you can now charm it up. You can get these like gibbets things that little <laughs> charms that you put on the Crocs too. So you can bedazzle your Crocs. That sounds like a good camp project for your grandchildren this yeah. summer, Julie. No, maybe no, this is for run. <laughs> Okay, maybe. Okay, here's something else clunky that you, that's another trend that's happening. Uh, and those are stock tanks or AKA cowgirl pools. You know what I'm talking about? Those big metal pools that you see on farms. <laughs> so, oh, so yeah. cattle can get some, some water. Well, now you can get them for your backyard. This oh. sort of western style aesthetic you can have put a stock tank in your backyard because you're going to be spending a lot of time in your backyard you may not be going to the community pool you may not be able to swim at the beach so you need a stock tank in your backyard Leon, i think it could work at your house i no, mean we're good we got we have a regular pool i don't need a, <laughs> i don't need a stock tank i think they're kind of cute now the, the one thing with, yeah no i think it's a good idea i just yeah. don't need one person i don't know they sound like a germ factory to me like no, but... you get a pump with them liz oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> they do rust out because they're made of metal but i again if you're home with kids this summer and you're looking for way you know something mm -hmm. else to do you're going to get one of these cowgirl pools i think that's good here's another thing like I, we have a, we have a store here in Dallas and I always felt really sorry for this store. It was a store that sells bird feeders. That's all it sells. Uh, and I thought I would drive by there and I would think, how can that store even stay in business? How many bird feeders can you sell? Don't you know, since COVID-19, there is now a social distancing line outside the bird feeder store. Because guess what? People want to want to feed the birds that are in their backyards that are yeah. you know visiting their, you know, their their house and they want to feed them. And so people all over are getting bird feeders. I've even heard of bird bird seeds shortages. Mm -hmm. Shortages. Right. Okay. Okay. You never know when something's going to turn around. Good for okay. them for sticking it out. But it's it's the whole thing that that you, you know people are looking at their world differently. So bicycles back ordered now. If you if you haven't gotten your bike already, you're you're in trouble. Swings. Everybody's getting swings. Grills. Uh, that's very popular. People are getting grills. And of course, an RV, which really would be good now. Wouldn't that be good yeah. to have an RV? to travel around i thought well, about because it's now the alternative to an airplane yes if you right you yes go somewhere right mm -hmm. so yeah. that sounds bad being in an rv <laughs> <laughs> not for I, you liz i i, I see mean, I'm, I'm kind of warming up to the rv idea i i like it i don't know how i would drive it but um i think it uh, i think it would be fun so, <laughs> okay all right. Now, well, come on I have it then, Julie. If if you and your husband get yourselves an RV, come on by Santa Monica. I don't have a I don't have a place to park or anything, but on the street, just go for it. Okay, I know we'd be very happy there. Uh, so I have um, I have not gotten a bird feeder, but I have bought during this COVID time. I have bought some pretty dumb things, you know, because you're just home, right? <laughs> have you done this too? Have you done this? Yes. Okay. So, uh, Leon, how about you? Have you bought any dumb, what's the dumbest thing that you've bought online 
during the sh- uh, lockdown? I, I just feel in general, I have bought a lot of clothes that don't fit me and are unreturnable. <laughs> just almost everything I bought is like hideously large or hideously small. Like, I, it's like I have no idea what size I am anymore. I So... Like I have, I I bought a pair of velvet pants for some reason in, in, and then they're like 12 inches too long for me. I don't know. And then I bought a really pretty silk dress that is like not even close. Like my boobs are just flowing out of the dress. I don't know what else to say. So I just, it's just everything I bought is too small or too big. So that, that then it's been consistent. So that's what I've been doing. Okay, Liz, how about you? I know you've been shopping online. Uh, Yes, well, I'm not sure that this is a dumb thing that I bought. I'll just say this might be unexpected to you guys Um, because I've spent a lot of time, uh, you know, on the blower with Crate and Barrel. Mm -hmm. So part of it is uh, just kitchen supplies that I did need. But last week I just... I. I bought myself some new potholder sisters. I just decided, oh, I decided, yeah, I decided my potholders were unsightly, and uh, I got they haven't arrived yet, so I'm just waiting for for that delivery. But yeah, got got some potholders on a truck from Crate and Barrel coming my way. And then the other thing I bought, not dumb, but it was not what I went online to buy. I wanted to buy just a thermometer, right? Because mm-hmm. you know it seems like. A, you should be able to take your temperature. Well, they're completely sold out. I'm sure you know that. But yeah. I, but instead, I bought myself an oximeter. So about, about three Liz. times. Liz. Well, I knew how to operate that because remember when mom was sick, she had an oximeter on all the time. So I felt like, well, okay, if I can't take my temperature, at least if I could understand like my oxygen saturation, I would know if I had a a problem developing. So yeah, so I now I'm using an oximeter a few times a day. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Liz. Julie, how about you? I think you just, okay, for me, dumbest thing I bought is a foldable dog pool. You know, I didn't want a baby pool, like the hard shell baby pool, because they're hard to store. So Peter and I, one day, my grandson and I, uh, during during a school break, we were online and we were like, you know, my my dog, Oliver, he's going to be hot here in the summer. He needs a place to swim. So we went online and we found this foldable dog pool. So I bought I bought it. It came super excited about it. You unfold it and you can fill it with water. OK, last three weeks, I have tried everything to get my dog to go in the foldable dog pool. Okay. Okay. I first, I first, I went in it first. I tried to put him in it. Wouldn't have any part of it. Then I went in it. I'm splashing around like, Oh, I'm having fun in the pool. He's just staring at me. Then I'm like, okay, I'm going to put his toys in the, in there. So I put his, some of his balls in there and then I jump in and I'm splashing around still no movement. He's looking at me like I, uh, then I even stuck his dog bowl in there because that is his most treasured possession in life. He's a lab, you know. Right. I put his dog bowl in the pool. Then he got mad and he jumped in that pool. He got that dog bowl out of it and ran around. So it's been a total fail. Foldable dog pool. And <laughs> Sounds like it's been a good time killer, though, for you. <laughs> nope. <laughs> look good online the dogs online were having fun in the pool but okay well my dog. yeah you never know online 
All right. So I mentioned my new pot holders, but that's all, you know, in the larger context. I've been doing these uh, cooking videos in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group live. I've been learning to cook a few new things uh, during the pandemic because I don't, I didn't have any, as you guys told me, just like some solid things that I could deliver either for myself or for my friends, you know, that are nothing too fancy, but just some basics. So you gave me your favorite roast chicken recipe. You gave me your favorite roast salmon recipe, few things like that. So this past week, I turned to my friend, Mark, Mark Capra, who both of you know, very dear friend of mine. He reminded me for 30 years, which is alarming, but okay. And um, Mark is a really great cook. And he has cooked for me many, 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 many times, um, including making his mother's marinara sauce, Mama Capra's marinara sauce, and his own signature Caesar salad. So this week on, uh, on Cooking with Liz, I made the marinara sauce, which was a huge hit. I mean, I was the only one that ate it, but I, I enjoyed it. And his signature Caesar. That, it's all posted in the Facebook group. But um, Julie, I think you might have watched some of this. What, oh, I did. Yeah. What happened is for the first nine uh, attempts, like the other foods I was making, I realized I was doing too much eyeballing, right? I was just mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. not measuring, just kind of eyeballing all of the ingredients. But in Italian cooking, Mark keeps saying it's all about the eyeballing. Just you got to, even the recipe, at one point it's like just a big handful of basil. And I'm like, could you give me a little more direction here? Because I've been teaching myself not to eyeball. And now you're telling me to eyeball more that Italian cooking is all about eyeballing. And he just kept saying, don't be afraid of the garlic. Don't be afraid of the basil. <laughs> and as you know, Mark is afraid of nothing. So that's the way he cooks. Anyway, I did it. I think it, I think it was delicious. That's for sure. But maybe I should have been a little bit more afraid of the basil because I, I did over deliver on that and maybe also the red pepper flakes. But Jewel, what did you think watching? Uh, yeah, I mean, Liz, there was just a lot of um, tension when you uh, just threw all that basil into, <laughs> into the pot. There, I mean, the comments were like, stop with the basil, Liz, Liz, please. The people were pleading you not, to, not to just throw a big, a big. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're not yet. Yeah, that's so that's what I think. There's okay. a lot of tension there, Liz. But um, mm. yes, you will find your balance, your style between measurement and uh, and eyeballing it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mama Capra also commented. She looked at the video and she that I that I over delivered on the basil and that I should have cut it up a lot more finely. So okay. oh, we were people were so worried about that garlic because you just <laughs> threw that garlic into that that hot oil and then you turned away and weren't looking at it. Oh wow, that was that was because it's a live show, Julie. I you know, Liz, but the audience. You got to watch garlic, Liz, when you're cooking it. That's all I'm saying. There was a lot of tension. Anyway, so this week is going to be a whole different approach. So I really like the idea of doing favorite recipes from family and friends. So this week I'm doing a favorite recipe from my friend Robin. And she recommended, she knows what I like to eat. And she knows that I love Vietnamese salad rolls and dipping sauces. Who doesn't love dipping sauces? So I'm doing May Pham's Vietnamese salad rolls and dipping sauces. And uh, May Pham is sort of a celebrity chef. She has had a bunch of restaurants and 
and TV shows. So um, it's going to be about some technical skills this weekend, sisters, because it's going to be the operation of the rice paper. What do you think about that? Good luck. That's good. <laughs> wow. It almost falls into arts and crafts. Cooking too. It's another <laughs> skill set. Yeah, uh, test batch. You, better, you should do a test batch. <laughs> a test batch. <laughs> okay. One of your terms. Okay. Yeah, so I will be test batching that. So I'll do the way this works is on Thursday at noon Pacific time, I'm live just reading through the recipe. Saturday at noon Pacific time, I'm live doing the initial preparation. And Sunday noon is the plating and eating. So you can see that all in the Facebook group. So there you go. Cooking with Liz. Who knew? This is going to be season 11, sisters. That's This is the 11th thing I've made. Wow, Liz. Okay, Liz. <laughs> Um, okay, now we're into entertaining sisters, and I just wanted to, um, I had one recommendation. You may have read this week that the artist Christo died. Did you see that? Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. His works were so amazing, so inspiring. I, lo- I, loved, I loved everything he did. Me too. Me too. You know, he was he was 84 years old. He lived in New York City. He died on Sunday, but he worked. He always worked along with his his wife and artistic partner. Her name was Jean Claude, and they were obviously famous for wrapping things. They wrapped the Pont Neuf bridge in Paris. They wrapped the Reichstag in Berlin, and you know, together over the course of their lifetimes, they did more than. 20 big projects. Jean-Claude herself died in 2009, but he continued to work without her. But, you know, when I never, at first I didn't quite get it, like, okay, well, that's cool, but, um, oh, but why, right? Sometimes you look at these kinds of projects and think, but why? And then I watched a series of the documentaries about his work and why he does it, and it completely opened my mind. So these, he, they're like, Five great ones that were all done by Albert and David Maisels, who are the very famous documentarians who are famous for doing the movie Gimme Shelter or the documentary Grey Gardens. I don't know if you've ever watched that. But anyway, they did a whole series of documentaries about Christo's works. The first one I ever saw was Running Fence. And I that's love the, that. Yeah. it was just beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was watching Running Fence. That's when they explained that. It's not really about the finished product. It's all about getting people to work together. Because you see some of these projects took 10 years, 15 years. And it was just communities learning to work together or ranchers learning to work with the neighbor next door who's just a suburbanite with a vacation home. And once you begin to understand what they were really thinking and what they were really doing, these projects were very, very deep. So Running Fence was a great one. That was 1978. Islands in 1986. This is when they surrounded a few islands in Biscay Bay. Oh, Oh, it's so beautiful. The stills are beautiful, but the the film, if you can find it, is also great. And then, you know, people most people remember they're most famous for for the gates in Central Park. And uh, there's also a film about that. So anyway, that's my that's my um, entertaining sisters recommendation this week is seek out uh, the documentaries made by the Maisel brothers about about Christo and Jean Claude. Now on Amazon. You can buy like the total package of five, but it's like 200 bucks or something. And it's mm. DVDs. 
I don't know why are they not on a streaming service? I could not find them. Anyway, they they deserve to be streamed, but they definitely deserve to be watched. So that's my entertainment recommendation. It will totally open your mind. All right. Liz. I would bet I would bet in the wake of his death, some streaming service will pick those up and stream them. That's I what I think. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I hope so. It's just uh they're just beautiful. I mean, they're visually beautiful, but just the thoughtfulness of all the people involved are what really was the um, the mind opening thing for me. All right, excellent recommendation. All right, I want to go back to our friend there in Nova Scotia who wrote us that nice email. Um, her name is Jessie Sar. So that's, that's yeah, an interesting first name, Jessie Sar. So Good. thank you, Jessie Sar. You're you're. I'm sorry that I didn't respond to you. It really touched us. We appreciate. We appreciate it. We passed it. the note around to all the sisters. I did, we, yeah. Yes, it was great to read, so thank you. Yes. All right, I have a couple of Sweeney sisters um, announcements and promotions and reminders, so I just want to do that here at the end of the show. I am doing a series of Bring Your Own Book Club events on Crowdcast. So this is for people who have read the Sweeney Sisters and want to talk about it in a book club-like experience. Uh, it's going to be most Wednesdays in June and July. My first one starts June, thir June 3rd. Uh, it's a West Coast time zone, uh, and I'm alternating between 7 p.m. West Coast and 7 p.m. East Coast. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to have a nice little crowd showing up uh, June 3rd for the first book club event. So you can come alone, or if your book club, it's really set up for if your book club reads the Sweeney Sisters, I make it as easy as possible for you to just log in on a Wednesday, sign up. You just need an email to register. You can ask your questions. You can be on camera. It's an hour. It's fun. It's informal. It's private. It won't be streamed or anything like that. So it's a real book club experience. So thanks to everybody who's already signed up. We're good to go for June 3rd. And then it's almost every Wednesday, except one Wednesday in July. I am. Um, That's exciting, Leanne. Yeah. Good yeah. work, sister. Yeah. I hope it all works out. So, uh, <laughs> I'm doing my best, doing my best to get out there with the people. So, uh, so thanks to everyone who's picked up the book, who's read the book, who's commented, who's reviewed, who's posted photos. And thanks to everybody who has signed up. The best place to find this is to go to my website again, leandolan.com under books. There's a tab book clubs and you'll see all the information there. But we've also, I put the link almost everywhere on Facebook, social media. Uh, it'll be in the show notes. So it's just important on Wednesdays. I'd love to have you. Um, and another thing I'm doing, uh, I'm also doing a series of interviews with authors that are on our satellite sisters, best beach bag books list. Thanks to everybody who's bought those books, listened to the podcast, checked out the list starts this week. I'll be posting an interview on Facebook live that I did with Jill Shalvis. Now, Jill is a, you know, a classic beach bag work, book writer. Uh, she sold over 15 million copies of her books and it was fun to talk with her. I spoke with her last week. She lives up in, uh, she lives in the Sierras here in California. So she's mm. quarantined with nine people, uh, in oh, her wow. house trying wow. to get a book done. Uh, but we had a really wonderful conversation, um, about her new book, which is on, which is on our list. So, uh, so I'll be posting that on the satellite sisters, Facebook page and on the group page and on Leanne Dolan's Facebook. We had scheduled people to be on the show, 
But because we're all on Skype, it's starting to get very complicated technically. So I've had to roll some people over to Facebook. But then it's fun because you get to see Jill and she's relaxed and uh, and it's it's a fun interview. I'm going to be posting that on Friday. Her book comes out this week. So oh, that's great. OK, yeah. so that's and so look for that. That'll be uh, it'll be a series of uh, a series of interviews. I'm starting to set it up with people. As I said, I've had to like move a lot of people around. There's been a lot going on production wise in the back, but, um, uh, that's, I'm, I'm happy to do it. It's great to have, um, some of these big authors, uh, come on our show, what, or come on our Facebook page. So big mm-hmm. thanks to Jill for showing up and to the others who will. You got a lot going on, Leanne, just getting it out there. Good for you. <laughs> See, this is why the fact that I can't find that Texas book club is just killing me. I, I mean, my intent. Come on, come on, come on, Texas. You can do this. You can, you can do it. I mean, I hope send an email, please. All right. Jill's book is called The Summer Deal. That's what I, I was like. Look, it was like the title of Jill's book. Oh, I'm, I'm running out of bandwidth here at the end of the show. But um, so we'll be talking about The Summer Deal and her other books. All right. We would like to thank um, our engineer today, Sergio Enriquez. Thank you, Sergio. We appreciate all you do for us, and we really miss seeing you. But um, we're all staying safe at home, and that's the best way to do it for now here in Los Angeles. So a big thanks to you. Uh, to-do lists. All right. It's unbelievable to me that it is my son Brooks's 25th birthday this <gasps> weekend. All right. Wow. A quarter of a century, Leanne. That yeah. Not, how does that it's- make you feel? Oh, it makes me feel great. I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, I feel young and good. So I feel like good for me. I got a 25 year old. I'm psyched. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's incredible for him. I mean, I don't know what we're going to do for his birthday. We talked about a Zoom event, which is sort yeah. of sad. But um, suggest yard signs. You might yeah. want to try some yeah. yard signs. <laughs> Put some balloons. Yeah. Up front. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all huge ideas. That's what 25 year old boys like yard signs. Uh, no, I mean, you know, but it's just exciting. It's just exciting. Like that he's 25. He's a grown man. You know, I feel like we did a pretty good job. <laughs> so, and that, you know, I mean, when we started recording satellite sisters, he was like two and a half years old. I, so I, people have, so I, I feel like he's everybody's son. Not really. I'm kidding. But, uh, but a lot of you have kids that are the same age. So all of a sudden that they're 25, that just sounds very adult. Not, you know, that sounds very adult. So uh, I'm excited for him. I hope his work picks up a little bit. Um, but somehow we're going to figure out how to celebrate because I think it's it's a big deal to be 25. Mm-hmm. Yes, it yes, is. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Julie, what do you got? Well, would Brooks like a foldable dog pool for his birthday? <laughs> because I have an extra one. It folds up. It's pretty neat. It's good. You know, he may. Oh, he could cool himself off because otherwise I'm going to find out. Maybe I'm going to try to donate my foldable dog pool to we have a nice dog park uh, pretty close to here. And perhaps there are other dogs that would find this attractive and (laughs) and refreshing. (laughs) Do you have anything else on your to do list or is it just to look for? It's kind of it's kind of a big thing. It's a big I've got the extra large foldable dog. Okay, (laughs) All right. So. All right. It's in my backyard. I've got to do something with it. <laughs> okay. 
And Liz, what's what's on tap for you this week? It's funny because my to-do list is also dog-related. It's grooming on the list, Leanne. It's the, the beginning of grooming, but not for me. I am not yet ready to go back into a hair salon, even though they're starting to open. I feel like I can tough it out longer, but Hooper cannot tough it out. He can't. You know, so Hooper is going to Sparky's at the end of the week for uh, for a haircut, and uh, and he's very excited about that. So that's it. A, vis- a visit to Sparky's, which is contactless for me. You drive up, you sort of throw your dog out the window. They take your dog. They groom. Well, not it. literally. Liz. <laughs> no, Just you know what? Clarify. Please clarify. Yes. No. There's no. No dogs are harmed. Uh, anyway, I think. Uh, yeah. I think you're going to be jealous when Hooper has a cut. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. I think I will be. I'm just so saying. that's it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we all we know there's a lot happening in the world. We're grateful to everyone who listens to the show. Thanks so much for the satellite sisterhood. Uh, please stay safe and don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>